Welcome to Helix Tapping the Industry, a series where we examine the forces driving the rubber markets today. I am Arusha Das, Head of Pricing Data and Research of Helix Tap Technologies. The past two years wreaked havoc on supply chain as the world witnessed disruptive events ranging from the COVID pandemic to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Given the current situation, the disruptions are unlikely to subside anytime soon. Thus, it's high time the organizations revamp their supply chain strategies and move towards resiliency and flexibility to adapt to drastic events. So, in this episode of Helix Tapping the Industry, we speak to Farah Miller, CEO and co-founder of Helix Tap Technologies, and Alvin Chu, Director, Data and Business Development of Helix Tap Technologies. And today, we talk about the current situation of the supply chain and the impact of ongoing geopolitical conflicts. It's Monday, 28th of March, 2022. Hi, Farah. Hi, Alvin. Welcome to Helix Tapping the Industry. Thanks, Arusha. Thank you, Arusha. So a lot has been happening when we talk about the supply chain. Until now, supply chains have existed in a largely unconstrained environment. And now with a series of events from the pandemic to the Russian invasion of Ukraine has constrained the environment. Farah, how is all this impacting the overall rubber industry? Well, Russia is not a major producer of natural rubber. However, they are connected to the global supply chain And when they are forcibly removed from the economy via sanctions, they look for means to protect themselves. As the breadbasket of the world, Russia produces about 15% of wheat globally and is a key producer in oil and its downstream products, ranging from natural gas, fertilizers, which require nitrogen, and in the automotive industry, carbon black, of which they are one of the biggest producers globally, as well as synthetic rubber. The market has priced in a potential peace deal. However, balked by the bottlenecks in the transportation and procurement of raw materials, such as some tire plant closures in Eastern European regions, the uncertainty of the situation is what rattles markets the most. On the pricing front, rubber hasn't seen the major four to five times spike in prices, unlike some of the other commodities, such as nickel, phosphorus, and natural gas. Looking at our Helix Tap rubber physical prices assessment, on February 24, 2022, all prices took a sharp drop from around 1850 US dollars a ton on average to about 1800 US dollars a ton. However, it seems there is a support level being reached, and that is more a function of the supply side, which is isolated from Russia, and wintering in ASEAN and African countries. The most obvious impact on rubber, going back to your question, was that some tire manufacturers could not buy, for example, carbon black and other raw materials directly from Russia and had to use Indian and Chinese suppliers as an intermediary due to the sanctions. Otherwise, port closures and restrictions also meant higher demurrage for traders and cargo is being stuck in the commotion. Given that the tire majors have rubber manufacturing plants in Eastern Europe, there is potentially the opposite effect, that is, lower prices due to lower demand, as long as there is no peace in that region. And this is interesting, because unlike other commodities, Russia's limited presence in natural rubber market had quite an opposite impact on it. Uh, However, if we have an eagle-eye view, that is to say, the overall global economy, 
Alvin, what are your thoughts on this continued supply chain disruption that we are seeing? I think through the course of the pandemic, demand has largely shifted from physical services to online, which has outstripped the market's capacity to produce or ship. Thus, putting great strains on the capacity of supply chains to deliver as it created more demand than the delivery carriers can accommodate, stretching their ability to load containers and labour shortages across industries. Furthermore, these ongoing supply chain disruptions have led to higher inflation within the global economy, which is affecting the monetary policies of most central banks in the world in the form of heightened rates. This, in turn, is affecting GDP growth and subsequently rubber demand as a whole. Over the past 40 years, inflation has largely been a demand-driven development, but this time round, its constraints are connected to the supply chain. The consensus is that a higher inflationary environment will likely remain in 2022 or even stretch to 2023, and inflation would act as a drag on economic growth. IMF downgraded its GDP growth forecast for 2022 in January from its October 2021 outlook. This suggests that they see even greater headwinds ahead for the economy in 2022. And mind you, this was before the Russian-Ukraine war, which would now put even more pressure on GDP growth and the inflationary momentum. I agree with Farah that Russia not being a rubber producer does not have direct impact on the industry, but it would certainly contribute to higher global inflationary pressure. Russia supplies around 40% of palladium used in the global production of semiconductors, while Ukraine supplies around 70% of neon. In short, the price of chips will increase. Another point is Russia is a key producer and exporter of fertilizers in the world. Fertilizer prices last week were nearly 40% higher than a month ago, and that was before the invasion started, as per Green Markets North America Fertilizer Price Index. All of this would first impact inflation and GDP growth and subsequently affect the outlook for rubber demand and prices in the next two years. So clearly, if not a direct impact, uh, there surely would be a ripple effect on the rubber industry. Now, there is another vital factor, and the one that is closely associated with the supply chain is oil. With sanctions, oil price volatility, uh, Alvin, how do you see this impacting the rubber industry, to be specific? Uh, Here, I would like to add that some markets reliant on Russian oil have found sources of replacement, which I believe is most likely a short-term situation. I believe the oil market remains uncertain. Uh, I think Russia exports more than 7 million barrels of crude oil and other petroleum products a day, and is globally the third largest oil producer. Now, the interesting part is 4.8 million barrels of oil are exported to countries backing the sanctions against Russia. Only a few countries like Saudi Arabia, UAE, Iran, US, Venezuela have the ability to boost their production to replace Russian oil cut off by sanctions. A potential peace deal between Russia and Ukraine or the chances of having Iranian or Venezuelan oil supply added back to the market or even the easing of demand for oil as economic activity slows might cap the rally in oil prices. However, if or when these factors will come into play is something we need to wait and watch. Our analysis suggests that from 2015 to 2022, when oil prices move upwards on a monthly basis, more than 65% of the time, rubber prices will also move upwards in tandem. However, if we analyze the rubber price premium over crude, the analysis suggests that current rubber prices might be overpriced relative to crude prices in the market. If we look at how rubber prices have performed during the invasion, Helixstat physical rubber assessment of SRR20 
STR20, AFR10 have all trended downwards by $30 to $50 per tonne since the invasion started, despite how oil prices trended upwards. Moreover, a possible drop in global vehicle miles driven due to higher fuel costs is also likely to weigh on rubber demand and subsequently prices in the near term. Well, this might not sound very optimistic, but a volatility in oil prices, especially when it's not down, freight rates escalates too. Afara, has a volatile freight rates been affecting rubber prices or the volume movement? Well, during COVID, the joke in the market has been that buyers were paying the same, or if not more, for freight than the rubber they needed to manufacture tires and other finished goods. This freight rate and supply chain issue look to remain until 2023 and even beyond. I would say higher freight rates tend to put pressure on the physical commodities, as most buyers would typically need to calculate on a landed cost basis. This means the final destination basis. However, you can't fight the supply-demand fundamentals and should not look at freight as an indicator for rubber price movement. To your question on volume, freight does not impact volume either. The only impact would be sourcing areas. For example, African rubber raw material and cup lump flow into Malaysia and Thailand has ceased. That arbitrage window does not make sense with high freight rates. What could be interesting is that the peripheral producing countries, such as South America, due to the proximity to the US, which is a major consumer, could have seen some higher export volume. However, Given most tire manufacturers have specific factory-approved lists, we have seen them sticking to what they know and solving this by chartering entire vessels or trains rather than changing the factory sources. This is interesting. I mean, even though a hike in freight rate might not be concerned for the producers directly, but that might propel some of the end users to look for alternative markets. Like you said, US buyers might look at South America. That brings my focus on what is the situation on the production side. With so much of uncertainty at play, Farah, what according to you is the major pain point for the producers and how is this impacting their cash flow? The uncertainty really just means higher volatility, which makes it harder for them to plan outputs, which link to planning and timing raw material purchases. Usually, cash flow issues could stem from two major reasons for the producers. Firstly, systematic reduction in banks and financial institutions in financing commodity companies. And rubber, unfortunately, is no exception. Numerous traders have been burnt by shadow financing or tolling agreements. Secondly, is the supply chain issues, which Arusha, you pointed out earlier, with the long waiting queues in ports and foreign currency restrictions in some countries like Sri Lanka, which eventually flow down to the producer's cash flow. This is because most consumers buy on credit terms, which can mean the producers receive the money only three months from sale normally. Well, given so much is happening lately, I believe it's vital that the companies should work to build resilience. Um, Alvin, what do you think? Uh, Do you feel data and analytics could help mitigate supply chain disruptions and the related setbacks? To be honest, I, I doubt data and, and, and analytics could help ease the supply chain disruptions that we are all facing in a major way. But having said that, I think insights from relevant data and analytics surely can provide more clarity, especially in three aspects. 
think the first is market insights. We'll give the industry a better understanding of current geopolitical effects to make informed decisions. For example, since Russia invaded Ukraine, information I believe one will be looking for is how an increase in crude oil prices will affect rubber prices, or producers, or the impact of sanctions. Secondly, an accurate representative physical benchmark price is crucial. The more uncertain the market is, the more data insights are needed to navigate through it. In this case, it might get more challenging to decide what the suitable premium over the cyclone price should be to get closer to the physical rubber price. Thirdly, is forecast or predictive prices allowing users to understand from a mathematical and statistical perspective on how the rubber market will behave in the week ahead, allowing users to plan their spot trade accordingly. Helixtep launched the world's first daily rubber price forecast, where we forecast physical and future rubber prices for the week ahead, providing forward price visibility for the global rubber market. With the global rubber market entering into an uncertain phase, any additional insight will certainly arm the user with more information to navigate through this period. I believe a more is always better than a less or nothing. Uh, having said that, Farah, do you think that this Russia-Ukraine crisis following the pandemic might lead companies to rethink and develop suppliers nearer to home, which in case of rubber would be a possible shift to synthetic rubber? To me, what's most important is the ramification of the Russia-Ukraine crisis, coupled with recent supply chain issues, would just mean that countries will grow to become more insular and try, where possible, to increase domestic capabilities. Furthermore, most of the global trade keeps stockpiles to a maximum of just 90 days. If such global uncertainty continues for a longer period, countries would have to adjust. The world order is changing too. Looking at Russia and Ukraine and the various countries who have sanctioned Russia versus those who haven't, the battle lines are clearly drawn. It is a battle of supremacy between China and the US and their respective allies. Typically, higher oil prices should lend more popularity to natural rubber. However, necessity is the mother of invention. And if we look back, synthetic rubber was born out of World War II as the Americans sought to reduce reliance on ASEAN-grown natural rubber in case Japan blocked the flow. So if either natural or synthetic rubber supply is viewed to be at risk in the same way as wheat and fertilizer are today due to the majority export from Russia, then the country's most reliant on exports will do what it can to protect that. For now, a peaceful outcome is what's being hoped for for humanity, the markets, and the global supply chain. I do agree to that, Farah. So clearly, supply chain management is entering a new era coming out of a relatively benign environment of the last few decades. We will still see trade growth for rubber, as it's difficult for any country or region to be self-sufficient in all aspects. But the new focus on resilience and how to sustain through volatility is going to be challenging for the industry. Thanks, Farah and Alvin, for joining us on Helix Tapping the Industry. Thanks, Arusha. Thank you, Arusha. If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know at marketing at helixtap.com. For more updates on the rubber industry, please check out 
www.helixtab.com. And you can also follow us on socials under the handle Helixtab. Thanks for tuning into Helixtabbing the industry. Until next time.